up, everybody? Welcome to another brand new episode, 45, of uh, Bet Parks Presents Stick to Hockey Live. The man. Oh, I'm so glad he's on today. He's got so many ties to Long Island. And he's a good hockey guy. And he's a good draft guy. And we tend to disagree on quite a bit. And his stinking Mets are doing well. Russ Cohen, at Sportsology on Twitter. I'll join us in a second. Let me tell you about uh, Bet Parks because the app is live. It's awesome. It's great for hoops playoffs. It's been great for these hockey playoffs. You can get a good read on it. It's been an interesting uh, first round of the uh, playoffs so far. I hope you like overs because if you're betting them, you're nailing them. Uh, all Bet Parks app, uh, the new Bet Parks app, Casino and Sportsbook, it is live. It is fantastic. It is easy to use. It is easy to navigate. It's everything you want in a mobile casino and sportsbook. And the good thing is it's either on your computer or right in the palm of your hand on your phone. Uh, so download the app. Easy to sign up, easy again, like to navigate and figure out how to use to combine things, to navigate the bet slip and how you want to do a parlay or if you want to do same game parlays, teasers, boosts, whatever. It's all there, alternate lines, player props, all there, fun to use, easier and faster to win than ever before. And right now for all new and existing users, this is the key part, new and existing users, use the promo code Jason750 and all Bet Parks users can get a risk-free bet up to $750, not $500, $750 bones. So again, all new and existing users, promo code JASON750, and get that risk-free bet up to $750. Terms and conditions do apply. Make sure you download it now. Uh, you do have to be present in Pennsylvania or New Jersey. Uh, gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Check out the new Bet Parks app. lot to get to in this Monday edition of Bet Parks Presents Stick to Hockey Live. So let's bring him in right now. You read his work on Sportsology.com. You follow him on Twitter, at Sportsology. And he is Russ Cohen. Russell, how are we? Good, Jay. How are you? Doing good. We weren't. Uh, we didn't know this was going to kind of go down the way it did this morning uh, with Barry Trotz being let go on the island. And it, it took a lot of people by shock. Did it shock Russ Cohen? I was surprised but not shocked because at the end of the Islander season, <clears throat> we had talked about it a lot on other shows, and my feeling was this team has a one-year window. The way Lou has built it, signing the old guys, everything else, before you have to start breaking it down and doing it again. And even if it's just a retool. And so Barry Trotz's contract is up at the end of this year. Even if he was willing to be a lame duck, which he had been before, um, I'm sure the conversations got beyond this year. Yeah. And so it's like the Islander, here's here's the finances at play. The Islanders did not sell out that building. There was 16th in attendance. There was secondary, there were tickets on the secondary market for a lot of games selling for like seven bucks. I know people who bought them for seven dollars. That's a deal. You know, you look at that, you look at boring hockey, you look at the limited cap that Lou has. And he's probably like, this is all I could do. You know, as far as and maybe Trotz looked at the team and said, yeah, we still need to do more if you want to make it to the cup. And so that team has been trending down for, for, you know, since last season, but probably even a little before that, as far as being a real cup team. Mm -hmm. And you got to pay Matt Barzell. Yeah. Can you pay Matt Barzell if he's scoring 40% less than he should, because he's playing, Born hockey, like that's another big thing. So I would think they might bring in an offensive coach this time. Yeah, I mean the thing is, is you know Barry goes in there and really puts a lot of structure in place right away. Yes. And, he, it, and he's the type of coach with his system, Ross, and and the defensive structure that he does not, you know, stray from at all. 
No. Not the two more. I mean, he, I remember he, he benched Barzell in a second second half of a second period and third period in a game late a couple of seasons ago. For the bubble, they probably weren't going to make the playoffs. They had lost 13 of 15 Oh, no, they were limping. Games. They were limping. At yeah. That and then they get to the conference final. But they're a team that if they get in because of the way they're built and their size, that they can always go on a run, especially right. if they get the goaltending, which is something Barry Trotz teams get with mm-hmm. him and Mitch Korn and that structure. I mean – I put the stat out on Twitter, and I've talked about it a thousand times, and it's the case in point for environment matters for goaltenders. 17-18 under Doug Waite, they gave up 293 goals, the most in the NHL with Grice and Halak. They come back a year later, no Tavares, mind you, too, and they come back and they give up 191 goals. They get rid of 102 goals season to season, and they give up the least with virtually the same goaltending that people thought couldn't stop a beach ball from the blue line the year prior. Yeah, I mean— it was a big change. You're dealing with bronchitis, just so people know you're not taking bottles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not yet. It is a big change. I think they're going to go after Boudreaux. Boudreaux is technically a free agent. You get him, you got offense. Well, <clears> I, you're not a free agent yet. Bru- Bruce has to opt out first. He has an opt out by the end of the month. Right, do you think he would opt out to go to the island and Lou rather than stay in Vancouver? I think he would. I, I think. Bruce is looking at a couple of things. I think Bruce is looking, okay, does Toronto get out of the first round? Mm-hmm. Because if they don't, is there a change there with Dubas and then by proxy Sheldon Keefe and he takes the dream job? You know, that's been rumored to be the place, Toronto, where he would actually consider taking an assistant gig when he was when he was out of work, which is very rare. Uh, you know, Chuck Fletcher's got ties to him. Elliot Friedman's mentioned it several times. Yeah. I wonder if Chuck Fletcher you know, contacts Jim Rutherford and says, hey, can I talk to Bruce? He yeah. hired him many. But, yeah. I mean, no player would be happier to see Bruce Boudreaux than Matthew Barzell because the handcuffs come off. Right. Yeah, I mean, and that's – don't you need to see what he could really do before you're giving him a franchise contract? Yeah. I'm sure Ledecky – this was probably the big issue with Ledecky because it's like they're not making the money they thought they were. They're making more than the Coliseum because they have luxury boxes. But they're not making the money they thought they would. They're paying four million bucks to Barry Trotz. They're not winning. They got to pay Barzell, but he's not scoring. Like these are all things that Lou has to overcome now. Yeah, I mean the other thing too is like you have a you have this weapon in Barzell, and this really elite skill set, and you're almost tamping it down. You're taking yeah. away what he does best, yeah. and. Look, there has to be structure. There does. But, I mean, you see the game now, Russ. Like, I said this to Bill Meltzer on today's Flyers Daily. You know, the NHL, at points in its in its evolution, evolves at a snail's pace at times for decades. And then other times, it, right now, it's evolving like it's on steroids and a growth spurt. It's insane how much the game has changed in just three years with all of this youth and skill that's coming into the league. You know, Barzell only took 161 shots this year. That's not enough. That's not enough. He should be like well over 200. Even though he's a playmaker first, Mm -hmm. he still can score goals. So he clearly isn't shooting the puck enough. You know, his shooting percentage was 9.3. I mean, this system just doesn't work for him. Now, I'm not saying you should always build a system for a guy, but if you go back to his second year when he didn't have any shackles, he had 85 points. I know you want something in between. He had 59, but you're not going to pay a guy $8.5 million a year, maybe even nine, for 60 points a year. No, you want you can't. like you can't do that. So 
that is the struggle on this one. And if you trade Barzell, you're not getting – I think we've all learned in this league by now that if you trade your best player like that in team, you know you have to trade him, you're not getting full value. No. And a lot of times if you trade the best player in the deal, you lose the deal. Right. Because you lost the best player. And right. just collected – you know, you need guys that can step on the ice that scare the shit out of the opponent. And Barzell yeah. does that. Yes. It's what when the Flyers lack. And he's not right right now. So yeah, I think this is one of those decisions where – I had a feeling something could go on with the island, but I didn't think Trotz was getting fired. Believe me, I did not think that. But it's just everything was breaking wrong. But since Lou was able to hire everybody, you know, sign those contracts. And I don't know. I don't know if I would have signed one of those contracts at the end of the year, but he did. You know, what his thinking probably is, look, these are defensive-minded guys anyhow. Mm -hmm. So if we just bring in a different philosophy here, now that Barry's not here, you know, we could – pick up some points here. We could score some more goals and probably get out of the funk that we were in. They were winning some games at the end of the season, but again, they were playing with house money. Like there was no pressure. Yeah. Is this a Lane Lambert position now? No. You don't think he no. takes the gig? You know, maybe it's offered to him. I don't know if it would get offered to him. I mean, if, if they wanted Lane to get Brad, maybe, but I still don't think that that's all worth it. Because that's kind of like having Barry Trotz. Right. And, I, and it, <laughs> You know. So what happened when, when um, Reardon took over in Washington? It failed miserably. Yeah, that didn't go well. So you can't go with the same Trotz system with Trotz not there. I think no. that's what, we, what we've learned. Yeah, I, I agree with you. The, Russ, this kind of raised a red flag for me. Barry spends all those years in Nashville – so many years, a lot of really good ones. I mean, he was there, coached over almost 1,200 games there, 15 years. Yeah. He leaves, he goes to Washington, he spends four years there. He wins the Cup and then walks away. And then he goes to two conference finals with the Islanders. This year was sideways, that crazy road trip that started the year, their COVID outbreak, all of that stuff, Lou in charge, and he's out. Is there a red flag here? Like, there's something that's sitting in my stomach making me go, is there more to Barry Trotz than meets the eye? that maybe he's difficult behind the scenes or something because we haven't, we've never heard that. Here's a great guy. The guys love him. You know, he brings a lot of structure and discipline and all that. But this is two things now that kind of make my stomach go, hmm. Yeah, I think, like, you could be a nice guy, but you could also be rigid in what you're looking for in your team because you know what works for you. And I think he's both of those things. Yeah. And I think when, when he got into it with McClellan, you know, McClellan's also a very big personality. Uncompromising. Uncompromising. And I think you had that happening, and Trotz was just like, fine, you know what? I dealt with you all these years. We won the Cup. I'm just going to turn the page. Yeah. And I think his thought was, yeah, I'll go with Lou, and I'll win another Cup. Well, that didn't happen. So I think he's still like a head football coach that has the Super Bowl ring. Um looking for certain things like he almost has a rider like this is these are the things i need to win here's my yeah. list and i don't think he gives him a list but i think you know like and eventually we're going to get into this conversation about philly and i well, as an example philly does not have those things on the list that trots would need right away he is one of them yeah that would be the goalie that's it right but he's missing a lot and that's, yeah. that's i don't even think he would be 
that interested in the Flyers job based on that because no cap space. If you're trying to build a Trotz team, you see this team trying to lock it down. Now, maybe with Trotz, they could do it better with than with Yo. Mm-hmm. But they're not getting to a Stanley Cup, and Trotz wants to get back to a Stanley Cup. Well, the other thing, too, th- does Trotz move to the top of the heap here? I mean, we're, let's talk about some really big names being available on the market. Stanley Cup winning coaches, now Barry Trotz. You've got Joel Quenville, who may it's sounding like he wants to get back in and, and yeah, is going to seek reinstatement. Mike yeah. Babcock is out there. Claude Julian is out there. Paul Maurice is out there. Bruce Boudreau very well could be out there. John Tortorella has a – I mean, look at these coaches that are out there. Yeah. Is the top of the list for any team now Barry Trotz? And could this also make some teams that weren't going to make a coaching change all of a sudden go, well, maybe I can upgrade with Barry Trotz and I will make a change? Sure. I mean, this could be a situation for the Leafs. Oh, yeah. I mean, Sheldon Keith's a decent coach and all, but you see the roster there. I and mean, they can't defend. Right. You bring in Barry Trotz, make one move or two. Oh, shit, that team would be scary. That would be scary. Players. So I would think he would have to be looking at, at Toronto if they lose. Mm. What about Winnipeg? Winnipeg, I think. He's I think from Manitoba. At them as the number one choice because good goaltending, great center. Yeah, um, maybe that keeps Shifley there, right? Because Shifley, we're here to talk of, you know, they have Wheeler who could still do the dirty work. Yeah, they've got good defense. Maybe they need one more sort of lockdown defender, and they can do that. Got some scoring um, in Kyle Connor. You know, they have trouble getting players in Winnipeg, but with Trotz there, yeah, that could change that. Able, that could change that. And he's so, a man. He's a Manitoba guy. Yeah, it seems yeah. like a natural. Yeah, it does, and I have a feeling that that could be a very likely destination. And Chipman's for him. a billionaire, right? He could pay him five million if he wants. So yeah, it's not on a cap. Yeah, I mean, and Chevy's going to make that call right away when he's looking for right. a coach, and he decided oh, not yeah. to bring back, you know, the the I bet guess the interim staff after Paul Maurice resigned and, and yeah, Dave Lowry. So, fine, but he's not. Yeah, he's not very trots. Like he's not, you know. So, but I, if I'm the Flyers, though, right? You always make a call. Sure, Barry, you want to call and talk to us? Great. Whatever. Yeah. While everybody is occupied, though, with Trotz and everybody, just move in on the guy you think you can get. Because, again, if someone like Torts gets itchy, and, I, you know, I get it. There's pluses and minuses to Torts. But if he gets itchy and sees that people are paying attention to Quenville and Trotz, you may be able to land him. Yeah. Because it's musical chairs. It is. Th- these guys. And people go, well, why would any, you know, high-level coach want to come to the Flyers? Well, there's only 32 of these jobs. That's the <laughs> argument you always hear, yes. Yeah, I mean... But, it, but there's a lot of opportunity this year, more than most. Mm-hmm. And even teams that get bounced in this first round, there could be opportunity there as well. Right. That they move on from their coaching staff to move forward with. You know, the like, thing like is... as an example, just to, to, to speak to Flyers fans for a minute, I get that you might want Barry Trotz. But again, you talk about the Eagles being a certain kind of team with a certain kind of coach, got to have a certain kind of defense. Yeah, you know, it's like... It's that way in hockey, too. Mm-hmm. So if Barry Trotz looks at this team, do you think he signs with the Flyers the minute they call him? No. Yeah, he would be like, yeah, I'll get back to you. Yeah, I mean, he's going he's gonna to weigh all of his options, and he's going to look at everything, and he's going to drive his number up for sure. And there will be a team that is not on the coaching market that will call him. Definitely. Oh, th- many. Yeah. I mean, there's teams that their coach will be back next year, that inquire very seriously about Barry Trotz, multiple right. teams to yeah. try and upgrade. Especially based on the playoffs. Yep, absolutely. Like that's, 
the thing. When you get out of that conversation hot and you don't like something that went on in the playoffs, like let's say the Leafs do get eliminated, like, come on here. I mean, yeah, everything's going to be an obvious one. Well, the thing is, too, is 11 coaches at the end of this season were either on expiring or interim tagged. Yeah. Now, one of those guys is definitely going to not be fired and is going to be named the head coach, and that's probably Andrew Brunette right. down in Florida, even yeah. if they get bounced in the first round. Even if they round, get I bounced, I, I can't yeah. blame this on him. Yeah, so that that's going to remain. Look at all the seats that are open. Add another five to that of teams that go, I'd rather have Barry Trotz than what I got. Right. And there's going to be an enormous marketplace. You know, the other part of this too, Russ, that you have to be careful of if you're a team looking for a coach, is going, well, I want to wait to talk to this guy. He's an assistant somewhere or see what happens after the first round. And then another guy gets hired who may be your second choice or maybe, you know, right there with him, and you miss out because you're waiting for to right. talk to somebody else. I mean, this is and very that's tenuous. I'm you, my strategy is I'm calling trots, but if I feel like there's any pushback, like, hey, I'll get back to you, I'm moving on to the next one that I think I can land right away. Because – the worst thing for the Flyers, even though Chuck said this in his press conference, the worst thing would be to get a coach like first week of July when free agency opens and you maybe have an idea of what your team wants to do, but you really couldn't have done much in the interim to find that out. If you could bring in someone like, like Torts, you have two months to plan on looking at the guys you got, look at the guys you want, Looking at the guys you want in the draft, even though no one's going to help you right away, see that there's trades to be made in the draft. Like, if you bring in a guy last minute, a lot of that other stuff is meaningless because you don't know what direction the team's going to go in. Yeah. Um, let me let me throw these six names at you, and I want to get your order of preference that you think they would be best for the Flyers. Not, not who they'll get, but who you would rank them as. So the six names are Maurice Torts, Trotz, Boudreaux, Tockett, Montgomery. Where's Russ Conga? If you're drafting to your next head coach for the Flyers, who's your number one draft pick of those six? Paul Maurice, John Tortorella, Barry Trotz, Bruce Boudreaux, Rick Tock, or Jim Montgomery? What kind of team am I taking over? Look at the team that they have. So it's the Flyers? It's the Flyers, yeah. Okay. Um, I'm calling in towards the Montgomery because they're two different types. I think I've watched enough Montgomery to know that he could definitely push the buttons on the younger players, mm-hmm. but also could be a step ahead of some NHL coaches in this game. He was pretty good until this whole thing blew up. Yeah, he the really alcohol was. issues in Dallas. He was doing a great job. And and I feel like on a redemption tour, mm-hmm. he could be great. And I'll call him Torts just to see what Torts has to say. I'm going to call him Torts first, let him lay it out, and then I'm going to talk to Montgomery because Torts might give me an idea or two. So you got Montgomery, though, over Trotz, over Boudreaux, Tockett, and Paul Maurice as well? Yeah. Yeah. Maurice Maurice is a guy that he's very cerebral. He is a good coach. I don't think he pushes too hard. But the team will lose his message after a while, like you saw, and he admitted it. And I I thought they lost his message last year. So I didn't pick him for the playoffs this year. Because I said that was the reason I didn't pick him is because they – Already lost his message. I mean, he was there a long time, though. He was there, what, like eight years? Right. But in the end... That's a long... I mean, that's a long time in Winnipeg. Eight years in Winnipeg is like 60 years in hell. It is. It is. (laughs) 
But what were the results? They were good, but they weren't great. Yeah, they couldn't get over the top, and that's one of the reasons why he resigned. They couldn't even get to a conference final. Like, to me... With that goaltender. And to me, they had to get to a conference final, and then you could listen to the excuses. Yeah. Well, I mean, they had the line A, you know, having line A there, and that ended up not working out. And maybe that's more on the player, I think, than the coach, but... Um, I, I would probably I would I rank Montgomery pretty high as well. I like him a lot, and he's doing a great job out there in St. Louis with Craig Berube right now as an assistant and looking for that redemption to get a, another NHL gig. He's going to get one because he's he a good great, coach. Yeah. But there is that, you know, with the issue that he had, does that scare some teams in a way? You know, we eh, there's a little something here still. Yeah, he's been on the straight and narrow. He's cleaned himself up, but Look, what if, if we have a recurrence? They What's get that? torts, right? Because you know at least what you're in for when you get on the ice. Mm-hmm. But if you want to kind of sneak up on people, get Montgomery. Yeah. What about Boudreaux? I think Boudreaux will either stay in Vancouver or jump at that Islanders job. I don't think Boudreaux. I don't think there's a chance in hell he stays in Vancouver. I think he's going to jump at the Islanders job. But also, you made a good point having an eye on the Toronto job. Yeah. I mean, he'll have that eye on I don't on think that. he'll be bringing an offensive coach again. I think Shanahan would probably put his foot down and say, we need to play defense on this team. Yeah, well, they need the horses to do it too. When you're paying four forwards over forty million dollars, it's pretty tough to do that. Um, they still could trade Nylander if you had to for a great defenseman. A great defenseman, though. Well, a good defenseman, a really good one, really mm-hmm. good one. Great. See, that's the other problem for Toronto is this though: is that everybody knows they need to trade one of those guys to get help on the back end. And the problem is, is the only guy they want to get rid of is Nylander. They don't want to get rid of Marner. Matthews or Tavares. Well, Nylander's still a proven thirty goal scorer in this league. I mean, yeah, I want Marner. Two years ago, the Flyers wanted him. Yeah, <laughs> I want Marner. Give yeah. me Marner. I'm not going to get him. No. Nope. What would it take? Provorov, Konechny, twenty twenty four number one and a twenty twenty three number two. Uh, that's probably close. But again. All right, take one of those picks out and put in uh, Morgan Frost. I don't think the Leafs would want that. Because, again, I don't even know if the Leafs would want Provorov. That's the problem. I think they a would 25 be 25-minute-a-night left-side defenseman? That, can, yeah, that but I answers think the bell be... every night? See, now, on that team, he would play a different role. Mm-hmm. Because they have Riley. But I still think... Which they, they do. They signed him. Yeah, I still I still think they're looking for a tougher defenseman. Like a bigger body? Yeah, like a bigger body, like another muzzin type, but mm-hmm. younger. Yeah. I don't uh, think Provorov would be the big sell. Hmm. Well that's the problem. That's probably the biggest sell the Flyers have because it is I know. Uh the money is is a known he signed for, you know, a few years on a good deal. And the thing about Provorov is he has the reliability of availability. The guy's missed two games because he was asymptomatic COVID since he came into the league. I mean, he answers the bell every night. He does, but if if the, if the Leafs knew what they had in Lilligren, which I don't know if they do, mm-hmm. they might go after Sandheim in that deal. Because again, he you know he's, like he's knocking on the door too. of UFA status, and then you got to pay him. Well, I mean, you got to pay anybody anyhow. They yeah. wouldn't be afraid of paying him. Because there's only so much he can make anyhow. It's not like he's not a roof kind of guy, but he is a guy that's still developing. Would you try and sign him to an extension 
July 1st when the new league year kicks in, if you're the Flyers? Because you risk him going into next is. season. I got to see who the coach is. Yeah, but you risk him going into a, his final year of his deal, having a good season and making even more money beyond that. Or do you try to do it this offseason? Well, okay, so they did, they did this with Risto, right? They did it because the defense was falling apart. Okay. Can you do it with two of them now? I, I think know. Sandheim's different than Risto, though. Risto, you know, oh, that was more, a, yeah, but yeah, right side guy and physicality, and you don't have enough of that, so you need to keep him. Plus, what you gave up the cost per I'm acquisition. Towards yes, but I have to know that the coach I'm bringing in is signing off on it too. Yeah, well, I mean, the Ryan Ellis factor is here as well. And... I mean, again, so if we talk about Ryan Ellis, the only thing we could say for certain is he'll play hockey again, but we don't know when. We don't know how many. <laughs> yeah. You don't know how many games. You don't know when. Like, he, those are the two problems with Ryan Ellis. Yeah. He did play for Barry Trotz in Nashville. He did. Beginning part not. of his career for about five years. Yeah. I mean, my biggest worry about Ryan Ellis is when he gets back, is he still that guy? Yeah. Because he is a smaller guy. Can he, he stay back? Now, you know. That's the thing for me. I mean, it. yeah, he's going to come back and he may start the season next year, but – how realistically how many games can i rely on that he's going to be in the lineup if i said right. an over under right now of 61 and a half games are you going over that next year or under that no i'm not going, you're going under right yeah i mean you have to I and mean, you're going to get crappy odds i'm going to give you it's going to be minus 180 <laughs> you know and unfortunately the one other delusional thing that chuck said unless he's got reports we don't know about like we all love wade allison as a guy yeah but he hasn't played like more than 50 games in like six years of his he, he can't do it. I don't think so he's ever like, played that many. Didn't play that yeah, in college. He did the USHL. He played like okay, but that's the last time. I mean, that's that's seven years ago. Yeah, it's like six, seven years ago. Yeah. So what do you? I, I fear that he he's Samuel L. Jackson and Unbreakable. Some guys never get hurt. He always gets hurt. Yeah, yeah he played fifty six games for the Storm in fifteen sixteen. Yeah, you're looking seven years ago. It's crazy. The twenty nine games he's played now is the most he's played. So, like, how could you count him in? Like, I get you're going to re-sign him, right? He's a cheap contract. Yep. But the way Chuck was counting on him, it's like, is that realistic? Yeah, I, I can't. He's got to prove it to me first. Yeah, yeah. If he comes into camp, has a good camp, and earns a spot, he's got the spot until he can't. I, I can't even do that. No, you know what? I can't even do that. You you've started in the play, AHL? You've got to play a certain amount of AHL games, and I've got to be convinced that when I drop you in my lineup, you're not going to keep coming out. Well, that that's that's the reason why they didn't call him up this year. I think they just wanted to yeah. proof of ability to stay in the lineup is why he wasn't one of the call-ups this year. And he and still were, got banged up at the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. And they're all different injuries, too. I know. Very and he's talented. Repeat. Yeah. Big but shot. But again, this is, this, is, this is the problem with the Flyers is availability of guys. Mm-hmm. Ellis, Allison. You know, you got these other young guys. Some of them will make the team. Some shouldn't make the team. Others won't, and that's all, all right, fine. Who, who should? Noah Cates will. Noah Cates should. Yeah. Um, if he has a good camp, he'll make it. Brink is coin flip? Out of camp? Yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't put Brink in. Brink needs to really physically mature. You could see where he's a little behind the eight ball on that right now. If he has a good summer. Plus he's on the right some, side. There's a lot on the right him, side. Yeah. Let him play some games in the AHL. He's ripping it up. Bring him up. That's fine. But I got to start him. In the AHL. And Adderd starting in the AHL as well. Yeah. Yeah, the pace 
he has to get used to the pace. He's got everything else, mm-hmm. but he's got to get used to the pace. Let him play top power play. Let him do everything down there that Cam was doing. That's fine. And Radcliffe may have an outside chance because he does have the size. Don't do something stupid like thinking about putting him at center. Mike Yo wanted to put everybody at center. The Faraby at center thing was a whole waste of time. Well, they had um, out of choices there, but yeah, that that wasn't that never got staying power. <laughs> but if you noticed, Radcliffe never got another shot, and he actually looked pretty good. Mm-hmm. He deserves a shot. Yeah, he dropped off a little bit in this play, obviously, and then took some bad penalties, and mm-hmm. he went right back down and didn't come back up. And we got to look at him. He looked good for a little bit, and you know he's got all that size, but he very rarely uses that size but in you a can physical channel it. manner. You get the right coach. Torts. You could channel some of that. I've seen him use it. Mm-hmm. I mean, in that one game, I think it was the second game, he absolutely obliterated a guy that tried to check him at the red line. I mean, he just exploded the dude. And so, I think it was a it was a pretty veteran player and a big guy that, that he just destroyed with that. Yeah. Um, let me ask you about this. Oh, because One other guy. If Forster were completely healthy, like a year ago healthy, mm-hmm. I would say he has a chance to make this team. But because – and he's looking great in, in the OHL. Let him start the year in the A. If he's completely healthy, he could be a call-up. Yeah. And, I mean, you, you liked him. You loved the shot. Oh, yeah. The shot's love, just elite. I it's mean, legit. It's, it's legit. And they need shots like that. They need guys like that. Again, you know, like like Owen Tippett, I know, I know the marching orders were be harder to play against. But the marching order should be get with a shooting coach. Get your head right with your shot. You still got a great shot, but you have to admit this. Like the five on three goal, why did he score that? Because he didn't have time to think about it. Yeah. It was just pass, shot, release, score. If he a couple of his goals were like that. The turnover that came out of the corner just didn't dust it off, just boom, fired it. If he had an extra two seconds to think about it this year, he didn't score that goal. Yeah. That has to change if he is going to be a good goal scorer. Next year, 24 goals from him. You taking the over or the under on that on the bet parks that? I got to see if he gets any coaching. If he doesn't get any coaching, I'm going under. Hmm. I mean, he's he creates so many chances with his legs. You realize, his legs. I looked up at one point, he was 226th in the league in expected goals because of the amount of ice time he gets, the amount of power play time he gets. Like, he didn't have good numbers this year. We have to be realistic about it. No. But he's still a young player who could be fixed. Yeah. So you have to look at it that way. If you fix him, he can score those 24 goals. If you don't fix him, he's getting 12, 13 goals. Russ, he moves way better than I thought, though. Oh, no, he does. And that's a big asset. It's a big asset. Yeah, I mean. There's a he, lot of things to like about him, but you can't just kind of let him roll on with the same mistakes that he was making in Florida. Yeah, he, he need, you're right. He needs some coaching, and he needs some confidence in, in the ability to finish. And he needs a finishing coach yeah. this offseason. Both he and Frost need to – you know, get that part of their game. You know, you can drive offense and opportunity, but you got to bury. Here's what I would do. I would, if nothing else, I would just something very simple like watch video of Mika Zibanejad on the power play. Mm-hmm. When he gets the puck, he hammers the puck. He doesn't think about it. The minute he gets it, he's on that shooting side. He's shooting. He's yeah. asking questions later. That's what we want you to do. That's why you're on the power play. Otherwise, you wouldn't be on the power play. Yeah, Mika Zibanejad's also got one of the greatest distributors in the league setting him yes. up in Panarin, who there's no player in this league right now, I think, that does a better job of disguising a shot, a pass to look like a shot and getting the goalie to kind of lean, thinking he's going to shoot it the way he closes his body like he's going to shoot yeah. and then is able to contort and make a perfect tape-to-tape pass. And that's why Panarin is spectacular. I say him or Patrick Kane. They both can do it. 
Yeah, Kane can still do it as well. I totally agree. And he's and it's weird because they're so different in the way they skate. Like Kane is so upright. But they do do similar things. They, the way they circle, they get mm-hmm. the puck they circle in the corner. They, they tenderize the meat. Look. They come in and they come they out. That extra look with the puck possession, the seat. Yep. And it doesn't take long after that. Does this Barry Trotz thing kind of accelerate action on the coaching front across the league? I think yeah. it might. Oh, it will. It and will. We could start to see some action here. Tomorrow night, Russ, is the NHL draft lottery. Yep. And the Flyers are involved. It's going yep. to be, uh, I guess, tomorrow night before the first games. And they'll go through all the uh, theatrics of, of the draft lottery. Let me take you back to t- 2017. Now, this was under a different system. This was before, quote-unquote, lottery reform in the NHL. Right. Um, but in 2017, the Flyers had the 13th worst record. They had a 2.2% chance to land the number one overall pick. You could move up that far back then. And a 2.4% chance to land at number two, where they did, and took, obviously, Nolan Patrick. Now, the New Jersey Devils had the fifth worst record in the league that year, and they had an 8.5% chance to move up to number one, and they did. Yeah. They go off and they get and that's why they changed the system. Yep. You, you don't and plus you don't want these teams repeatedly up there. You know the funny thing about it is, in that draft year, Colorado had the best odds at the number one overall pick. Yeah, Lady Luck for the Flyers and for uh, the New Jersey Devils and moving Colorado down where they ended up taking Kel McCarr may have changed that franchise because oh, I don't know that they'd taken McCarr they in one or two. McCarr if they were picking number one, no way. Nope, no way. Not, not playing Junior A at that time. And but the thing is, the thing that's funny about that is that's five years ago, at this point, and they had the worst record in the league. And look at them now. I know, but you but know, you had had no luck. You know, had no luck in the lottery, but because because of good scouting and drafting, are still getting results. The Red Wings, yeah, they get screwed every. They haven't picked first yet, and they've Remember been the the year that I mean, they had thirty two less points than the second worst team in the league, Ottawa. And yeah. they ended up with what the fifth pick? Yeah, they've gotten screwed this entire time, but yet are still making great picks. Well, so you yeah, make the right pick. Yeah, you, you can't worry about where you, the lottery odds because you can't do anything about it. You just got wherever you pick, I, you got to go. I got to find a player. I've seen enough mocks that I've been involved in, not mocks, but the Tankathon site and everything else. And Kornacki said it. It looks like the math they're getting fifth. Yeah, um, Logan Cooley available at fifth. So give me your top five. So you're number one. You're this, going obviously Shane Wright. Number one, Shane Wright. Number two is Logan Cooley. Number three for me is Matt Savoy. Uh, number four. Right now, I, I'm still going to say Juracek, but it's Juracek or Slikovsky, and then yeah. that's my four and five. Some have Nemec in there. Some have Gauthier as high as six, like Craig Button. I wouldn't, but I like him a lot. Um Here's the, here's and some have Connor Geeky use six four center in that mix too. If I'm the Flyers, knowing how the Flyers think a little bit, I'm sure Connor Geeky is going to be a guy they look at because of the size and he's just, he's one of the only true centers. Him, Wright, Cooley are really the only true true center. Now Savoy plays center; he's playing a little on the wing now in the playoffs. Maybe the league will change a little bit and he'll be better suited to play center then because it'll just be total speed at that time it's possible he's a pretty good center but Savoy has a lot more hockey ability than Geeky but Geeky has size yeah 
And I just feel like with the hierarchy of the Flyers right now, and I'm not saying it's the wrong pick, but I'm saying they might fall on the on the side of size there. And it's I feel like size gets to the NHL quicker too. It definitely gets to the NHL quicker, which has been faulty thinking in the past mm-hmm. because a lot of power forwards take time to develop. You could survive, like Kirby Doc is surviving as a bigger guy in the NHL, but is he thriving? Not yet. No. So it's uh, kind of like, you know, I always want to bring up my guys when they have the best chance. Like Kirby Doc had nine goals, 26, 26 points. Like, you know, he was a 75-point guy his last year in junior hockey. You're going to be lucky if he gets to ever be a 50-point guy. Yeah. Um, the Fedotov signing for the Flyers, they get they signed the big uh, six seven goaltender who had yep. a great year in the KHL and, of course, the Olympics as well, winning silver, winning the Gagarin Cup in the, in the K yep. this year. Great numbers. Um, and he's coming over. I remember, God, I think me, you and I may have been watching him at camp four we years did. ago. No, we, we absolutely. I was. I watched a lot. I took pictures. I wrote about him. Yeah, um, I remember we were talking about really loose arms with him. Yeah. <laughs> a, little, a lot of too much motion up here. Things yeah. weren't just kind of in tight. And yeah. he had a lot of, you know, technical aspects that he needed to clean up. But his post-to-post speed was good for a 6-7 guy. Yeah. Well, you know how far to go when you can just turn your ankle and you're on the other post. <laughs> and these guys in this damn double seal that they can do with the, you the flexibility. The positives of this are um, the Olympics were played on North American ice. So he kind of got a glimpse. He played he in the like, KHL a good amount on the North American ice too. Yeah, but you still may have to get used to the angles a little bit. Look, even if he is your backup, and you give him a couple of starts in the A just to kind of get his feet wet while Carter Hart has, you know, is playing a couple in a row, fine. But he should be the backup. Like, there's, well, there should be no other worry other than the angles. That's it. Well, the big thing, though, and Varlamov talked about this. I remember reading this article, and I brought it up on Flyers Daily a couple of weeks ago. The biggest thing, the biggest adjustment from the game over there to the game here is dealing with traffic and sight lines. Yeah. Now, Varlamov, during the lockout year, went back over. Now, you're talking about an already NHL goalie, went back over, right. played in the K, and then came back, and he said when he came back, he had to readjust again to all the traffic that you have to deal with at the NHL level. That's the part that's the most difficult for these goalies. And communication with with the players. We, we saw communication as being an issue with previous Flyers goalies. Uh, Bridge Gallup being one of them. Well, Fedotov's a Finn, though. Yeah. He was born in Finland. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but he's been playing in Russia, so. Yeah. You, you look at it and you go, well, I love the Finnish uh, style of goaltending. There was a boom yeah. on that. No, yeah. I, I think he should be the backup. But I still have to sign Sandstrom. Because, Why? And the reason. Huh? Why? Why? Okay. So, you got Ustamenko, you got Ers. Ustamenko had a bad year. I don't even want Ustamenko. Uh, injuries, too, yeah. I don't want him. Ursan's really good. Ursan's mm-hmm. my number one goalie in Lehigh. Unless Fedotov is the guaranteed backup, then Sandstrom and him are going to split again. No problem there. I have to bring Sandstrom back because he's my next closest guy to the NHL, even over Ursan at this point. He's moved ahead again. So He's a group Fedotov, six unrestricted free agent, though. Is he, does he want to come back if he doesn't have an NHL backup gig? You think there's a big market for Felix Sandstrom? I don't. No, I mean, he could go home. Yeah, he could go home, but he can make him, uh, you know, 950 here. Mm-hmm. And when he's in the A, he'll make less. I think he would still do that for the opportunity 
to be able to back up some games in case Fedosov doesn't work out. You have to have a plan B. The biggest mistake Chuck has made in a lot of these off seasons is never having a plan B. I'm giving him a plan B now with Sandstrom. You're giving him a plan two plan C's is what you're giving him. You're giving him Fedotov, oh, yeah. who hasn't fine. played over here, hasn't right. played the North American pro game at all, and Sandstrom, who's played about five games. But he looked pretty and good. You're going into, what's that? Sandstrom looked pretty good in his games. Yeah, he looked good. But am I ready to make that commitment? I mean, well, the savings is not play? that great over a Martin Jones to a, a Fedotov. Okay. So we have to now have the debate again then. If you don't want Sandstrom, you're going to spend money on on another NHL veteran, then you're thinking you have a chance to make the playoffs. Well, you can't. It, it, I, I don't know that. I, a lot of work has to be done. I know. Well, but I don't I'm want saying. my season derailed if I can't get a, a backup goalie that can go in on back-to-backs, play 25 games. You know, Carter Hart gets dinged up for two weeks like he has at every point in his career and every season. I can't have that sink my season because I got a guy that can't stop pucks. Well, early season Martin Jones would have sunk your season because he was giving up at least three a game. Later season Martin Jones with absolutely no pressure on him, they're much better. But yeah. I don't know if well, you're you saw his game totally change too. The aesthetics of his game. He was yeah. back, uh, Kim Dillaball did a great job with him. Moved him back in the net. Talked to him about it he and did. just that moving him back in the net. I mean, so many opportunities late in the year. Where were they hitting him? Oh, right I can't do that with Sandstrom. I think he can. Okay. Well, I mean, they've had their hands on Sandstrom since the day they drafted him in 2015. Kim as well. So th- that'll be part of it. Um, Rush, real quick, before we get out of here, let's talk about these playoffs because, again, yep. everything I thought I knew about hockey has gotten thrown into the into the blender here with these playoffs. They're crazy. Scoring was up this year dramatically in the NHL, and in this first round, it's not really slowing down. You're seeing teams put up a, a touchdown, an extra point. <laughs> there was a 7-3 score the other day, Colorado. Over yeah, Nashville, it was like a one seven three two, right? So yeah, I mean, I mean, it looks like you know an NFC North game between the Bears and the Packers on the frozen tundra yeah. with not a lot of offense. You know what the what difference th- is? In a lot of them, coaches now are more willing to pull the goalie earlier. Yeah, and so a lot of times you're getting especially on the power play. Goals. Yeah, especially on the power play. So you're getting now two empty net goals in some of these games. That's mattering. Um, look, Florida needs to pick it up. I'm shocked that. They are where they are. I'm not shocked about Colorado because of what the goaltending was going to be in Nashville. I actually picked them as a sweep, which yeah. who in the modern era picks anybody for a sweep? Nobody, but I did because I was just like, I don't think rough. they can compete. But, you know, Minnesota, I was too aggressive. I said, hey, they'd win in five. And there was a path for that. But St. Louis clogged it. That's one of the best series, honestly. Yeah, that series has been... I mean, you're talking about two big, heavy teams there in Minnesota and St. Louis. Uh, Florida in trouble? A little bit. I think they're in trouble, too, because the Caps are well-coached. They're getting some goaltending. And anytime you've got Ovechkin and Oshie's playing really well, and those players with maybe one last push to try (laughs) to win another cup, I think that they are in trouble. I don't know that they're going to lose the series, but they better find some structure here because you can't just trade chances. In the no, playoffs, they have to, they have to find some goalie. goals. It can't just be pucks to the net. You're right about that because Washington is a veteran enough team, especially with Lavi there, to just say, hey, we'll play a heavy game. We'll grind it out with these guys because they're used to scoring. Florida's now got to figure out how to score. 
Yeah. If you can't outscore them, they're dead. Yeah. Um, Los Angeles has been insane Crazy to me. Series. I mean, how about Jonathan Quick? Not Every other team. day he's great, but I think that's yeah. the problem is. Every other day. Yeah, because of the recovery time. And, you know, the thing is, not many teams shut out the Edmonton Oilers, Dreisaitl and McDavid oh. and that team. And he gets the goose egg, 31 saves, and he was spectacular again. Could the Kings upset the Oilers in this first-round matchup? I mean, they could. 2-2 two, two right now, right? But I don't know if Quick can win. It's not back-to-back games because there's a day off in between. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he can win two in a row. Yeah. That's the big issue there. If he could, they could upset him, but I don't know if he can. It's going seven. I'm, you know that. Yeah. Yeah, now it looks like it's going seven. Look, the Ranger series, big game tonight. Oh, that's a, an enormous game on the card. Tonight. Now, the only thing is, and I would tell people to look this up, your Parks Casino folks and all, I'm pretty sure Sisterkin on a bounce-back game has been near perfect. Like, I, I think he's only had like three or four losses on these games after he's lost. Yeah. I'm pretty sure his record's spectacular with that. Yeah, I mean, you're going to get touched up from time to time in your first oh, playoff. Yeah. And it's how he bounces back from that. Now, he may be bouncing back and have a good record after those losses, but this is different because this is the opportunity for a veteran group in the Penguins to go up three games to one on home right. ice. And you cannot let him do it. Yeah. And, and in Pittsburgh, I mean, what a monster game tonight. You got the Caps and the Panthers tonight. Avalanche going to sweep the Preds tonight. How about Calgary and Dallas? You surprised Dallas is up here. How about Joe Pavelski at, what, 300 years of, years of age, 2003, uh, seventh round pick, still getting it done. Two I'm goals surprised. the other night. Yeah, I'm surprised Dallas is up, but Calgary plays right into Dallas's hands by playing this ridiculously ultra tight defensive game. If you you know if you're going to play every game like you're going to just hope to win on all score goals on mistakes, yeah, you might lose because Jake Ottinger can be a hell of a goalie. Yeah, he's he's had some real good performance there as well. Yes, and so if I'm Calgary. Don't they have to open up that first line a little bit? Yeah. I mean, whenever they're on the ice, they generate so many opportunities, too. Kachuk, Lindholm, and, and Gaudreau. I mean, they should yeah, absolutely be dominating this. this series. Matthew Kachuk, 100 points and all, needs to do something. Yeah. He needs to do something because, like, this is an issue where I don't, I don't know if he is a 100-point guy every year. I think Goudreau had a lot to do with it, but I got to see more out of him. Yeah. A lot more. That line was plus 178 in the regular season. Yeah. Those three players. That's insane. Um, okay. Rapid fire to close this out here, Russ. Right. Me against you. Me, Russ. I'm putting <laughs> a little column here. We're, we're going to call these series where they are right now. Okay. Okay. Bruins and Canes are tied at two. Home ice has been the key here. Even without McAvoy, the Bruins get the get the series tied up. Who wins the series, Canes or Bruins? Canes. I have the Canes as well. All right, let's go Lightning Leafs tied at two. This has been swinging on a pendulum this series. Going back to Toronto tomorrow night for a pivotal game five. Who wins the series? Leafs, because they're going to win in seven, like I said, because they're winning every other game. All right, I got the Lightning in that series, by the way. Okay. I can't just I, for some reason I just can't bring myself to take Toronto. I will die like every other Leafs fan if they lose. You will not die like they die. No, <laughs> they die every year. Uh, Blues and Wild. Who takes that series? Wow. Um, I'm going to still go Minnesota with Flurry. All right, I'm going. Flurry can still be the difference maker. 
I'm going with uh, the Blues there and Craig Berube squad. Yeah, of course you were going to go. It's, that's a guarantee. Well, I love the Chief. Uh-huh. Um, Kings and Oilers. Wow. <laughs> it's a tough I'm one. I'm still going to say Oilers. I'm still going to say Oilers. I, have I knew to. you were going to say that. I have the Kings because I love Jonathan Quick, as you know. I know. All right, Caps, Panthers. I'm still going to go Panthers. I, 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 I have, have to, to believe they're going to come, come through this, but these are tough. This is not easy. You you're giving it, me redemption. I have a chance at redemption on these, and I'm still stubborn about it. And you're taking the abs, obviously. Yeah. yeah there's as well. Um, how about Calgary-Dallas? I'm going to switch to Dallas. Wow, you're going stars. I'm staying with the Calgary Flames. I'm switching to Dallas because Calgary has played it right into their hands. And then Penguins-Rangers. Who do you have winning this series? I'm still going to go Rangers because my belief in Shesterkin. Okay. I can go with the Pens. So the ones that we differ on, you have the Leafs, I have the Lightning. You have the Wild, I have the Blues. I have the Kings, you have the Oilers. We both have the Panthers. We both have the Avs. You have the Stars, I have the Flames. I have the Pens, you have the Rangers. And we both have the Canes. And I don't feel good about having the Oilers. I want to say that out loud. No, you shouldn't. <laughs> uh, Mike Ru- Smith is younger than it's younger than you, but that's not saying much. N- not much younger than me. Boy, he like flailing all over the place. Oof. He's late getting back into the crease. Oh, you look at one end of the ice in that series and the goaltending, and then you look at Mike Smith, and it's such a contrasting style in the way they play. It's it's incredible. It is. Uh, Ross, this was awesome. You gave us a lot of time. Uh, people can check out your stuff at sportsology.com. What's the latest on the website? Let's see. The latest I put up was um, that's now I'm going to have to look because sometimes I forget. I did just put up a whole batch of new content. Um, <clears throat> I did do two prospect files, one on Noah Cates, mm-hmm. one on Isaac Ratcliffe. I did um, put up a Jets article on, my, on their drafting strategy, how it was um, solid. I did put up an interview. I was part of a panel with uh, Michael Chiklis for the Winning Time series. Oh, and he nice. got into like this whole baseball Red Sox versus Yankees thing, which was great. People can listen to that. Yeah. Those are the those are the main ones. All right, there you go. All that and more on oh, and, and Buckology. Hold on, and Buckology episode one, which episode two is coming out. These are pointing out the flaws and the overthinking of Buck Showalter's managerial games as they go on with the Mets. They're doing great. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. Buck still Buck's screws problem. things up. So we'll see what happens at the end of the year. Oh, the buck stops here. Uh, <laughs> Russ, thanks for doing this. Sportsology.com on Twitter as well. Appreciate it. That's right. Appreciate it. There he is. Russ Cohen on Bet Parks presents Stick to Hockey Live. Boy, there's a lot there. Look at those picks. We we differ on a lot of the picks in the way these series are going. We'll see who ends up uh, as the smart guy. So, games tonight. You've got some really, really awesome games to get on the docket tonight. Let me bring them, let me bust open the Bet Parks app. It's in my pocket. See, that's the cool thing about the, the Bet Parks app is it's in my pocket at all times. If I got my phone, I got the Bet Parks app, and I'm ready to log on and get in and see what I want to put on tonight's games because there's going to be some awesome games tonight, really important hockey tonight, uh, going to be played across the NHL, and uh, we're going to check out a couple of these lines, and let's give you a couple plays here live on the show. These series have been crazy so far, so it's not easy, and the, the over has been the calling of the day let's hit the little puck here 
All right, so we got the Panthers, huge favorite tonight, minus 182 on the road. Ooh, I can't touch that. That's just too much of a number. I like the Panthers in the game, but I'm giving up so much, and it's on the road. But I do like uh, I do like the Penguins tonight at minus 106 at home to go up three games to one on the New York Rangers. We'll see if Shosturkin can bounce back. That game tonight at 7 o'clock. Uh, also tonight, Calgary and Dallas. Calgary's going to even up this year. They're a huge favorite in the game. So I would probably look at an alternate line here, or let's go with a, a regular the tie no bet. No, let's go. Double chance, no. Total goals over 5.5. I will take that at plus 108 in that game. And I'll take Calgary on the puck line minus 1. I usually don't do puck lines, but I'll do it on this one. Uh, so we got Calgary as well. And then Colorado tonight, it's just too much of a favorite, minus 265. If you want to put a light buy on the Predators to win one game in this series, go for it. But it's plus 210. Go for it if you want. Uh, so that's what's on the card tonight. So get the Bet Parks app. And take it from me, it's everything you want in a mobile casino, in a sports book. And like I said, it was right in my pocket. It's right in the palm of your hand. Easy to sign up, easy to navigate, fun to use, faster to win than ever before. And all Bet Parks users right now can use the promo code JASON750, JASON750, and that's going to get you a risk-free bet up to $750. $750. That's good coin. So again, all new and existing users use the promo code JASON750, and you get that risk-free bet up to $750. Terms and conditions apply. So do yourself a favor. Download the Bet Parks app today, and uh, you're not going to regret it. You do need to be over 21 and present in Pennsylvania or New Jersey. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. So as the world turns, uh, NHL Draft Lottery tomorrow night. We'll see where the Flyers end up drafting. We'll talk about it on a brand-new episode coming up on Thursday. Everybody, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll see what happens as uh, far as the Barry Trotz if this kind of primes the pump a little bit for these NHL teams to start hiring coaches, a big a big fish has now been added to the pond, and there's going to be a lot of lines in the water to try and land him in the boat, Barry Trot. So we'll see what that effect is as well. Everybody, have a great day. We'll talk to you next time on another edition of Bet Parks Presents Stick to Hockey Live. Mm-hmm.